Amen. You may take a seat. Everyone, that'd be great. Welcome to everyone at home and um, wherever you are in the world. We've got a, a lot of people here today in the service here, and I just want to remind you next week, if you're local, why don't you come and join us? It's a bit of room here, and um, you'd always be welcome. And um, we have actually week three into our little mini-series called Redeeming Christmas. And yes, Christmas is only just over four weeks away. I'm excited about that. I don't know about you. And um, we're basing it on the scripture where Paul actually says, Walk circumspectly before the Lord, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the times for their evil or they are sick. Well, if we're ever going to call a time sick or evil, 2020 is probably it. And um, Paul actually says, redeem the times, redeem that time. And the word redeem there is not like it is in other parts of the Bible. In Ephesians chapter 5, you use the word redeem, a different word, which actually means you've got a bargain, buy it. Take the opportunity, take the opportunity to snatch that bargain as much as you can. Well, what we thought we'd do is start this little mini-series called Redeeming Christmas because this year's a bit uh, in the way of what's happened all year. But Christmas could be the most amazing Christmas you've ever had. Why don't we redeem it? Why don't we look at the bargain which is around and let's purchase that bargain. Let's take advantage of where we're at right now. And last week we talked about Christmas. We had a team up here from Penrith Church and they talked about, first step is make sure Christmas is about worshipping God. Worshipping fully. Remembering not just the baby, but the Saviour that the baby is and what he went on to do. And let that be your pivotal focus, a bit like we've just spent the last 30 minutes doing. Let Christmas start there. And I believe it'll be the start of an amazing Christmas for you. In fact, Jesus actually said to his disciples, having dinner with them, he said, we're going to have a meal here right now. And I want you to do this every time to remember me. And I think that's really what worshipping Jesus is all about, just remembering him. Coming before him and telling him how much you love him, yeah, and experiencing his love. This Christmas, why don't you remember him every time you sit down and eat, which at Christmas is a lot. Sit down and say, I'm going to remember you. Well, this week we've got another cornerstone of what Redeeming Christmas is all about. And uh, we've got Judah and Megan here from Mountains Church. I'm going to hand over to you guys. So welcome and let's hear what you got to say. Thanks. You know, it's right. We are calling it Redeeming Christmas this year. And uh, I was actually there when we voted on what we're going to call it. I was actually uh, a key kind of uh, person striving for the Make Christmas Great Again series, but I lost the vote, but it's okay, because I think there was voter fraud involved, and we're going to fight it. I'm just kidding. Uh, Redeeming Christmas, it's so important. Let me tell you some stats I found out this week. Did you know that on average, sorry, across all of Australia, we are going to spend $52 billion on Christmas this year? That's what we're expected to spend in the retail sector. That's a lot of money, right? Did you know that one in three Australians are going to enter the new year in debt because of Christmas? One in three. Did you know that most of those one in three people are going to wait until uh, May of 2021 before they can pay off that debt? You know, uh, what we're going to be talking about today is a topic called spend less. Now, this topic isn't about, you know, being a bar humbug for Christmas, but it's about refocusing what our Christmas is about. It's about changing our focus from how many dollars can I spend on somebody to what is Christmas really about. 
Because I don't think that God intended us to celebrate his son by going into debt for five months. And so we wanted to talk about a new way of doing that. And with us today, we have Rod and Emma Walker. Why don't you give them a hand? At home, I'm sure you're clapping as well. <laughs> and uh, Rod and Emma are a couple from our church. This year, they joined uh, Megan and I's leadership team at, at Upper Mountains. Uh, they run a house service for us, which is great. And uh, they're doing such a good job. I just wanted to tell you about two really important things about the Walkers, just so you can get to know them a little bit. The first one is this, that the Walkers are genuine people. They are really genuine. You know, what we talk about today, they are going to be exactly the same as if you're around their dinner table or at the back on their deck and just chatting with them. They are consistently genuine people. The second thing I want to tell you about them is that their kids are awesome. They are really awesome. We had the pleasure of being youth pastors for their kids for a little while, and now we're pastors for them. Uh, Ellie, James, and Amy are legends. And if you're going to judge somebody by the fruit of their children, then uh, I think that speaks uh, wonders for them. So uh, anyway, now the really important things that you need to learn about them is that Megan and I have a couple of questions just so that we can get to know the walkers a little bit. Is that cool? Um, and maybe you can think about your answers to these questions as well. Am I up first or are you up first? Okay, so my first question for you guys is this. Uh, tell us what a typical Christmas looks like in your family. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for those kind words, guys. That's really lovely. Um, okay, so it's a bit crazy at our house. Um, we love Christmas. Uh, a typical morning is the kids still get up really early. They have a little too present. Early. Too, early. too early. They have a little present on their beds and they all get their little present from their beds and come into our bed and they open those presents all in our bed together. And yes, we still do this and I think we still will do it until they obviously leave home. We only stopped when I moved out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Really? Yeah, I think that's what will stop it for us too. Um, and then we need coffee. So we go and have coffee and we sit around the tree and we give gifts to each other, which is beautiful. And then we always share Christmas with, we try to see every family member that we can. We don't live far from most of them. And it's basically a day of food and fun and checking in with everyone. Yeah, it's a busy day. Yeah, a very awesome. busy day. And I guess uh, the most important question is, do you guys have a favourite Christmas movie? I, I don't. We're so no, boring. No. I, I love the sound of music. Yeah. It's probably not a Christmas movie, but it's one of my most favourite movies. Any movie you watch around Christmas time counts, right? Yeah. He doesn't watch so, it around Christmas. He watches it year round. Yeah. I just think it's a great movie. Yeah, great story. But we did watch, because of you guys been talking about The Grinch... I've never seen it. We watched yeah, it last week. Yeah, we watched week. it last weekend, first time. <laughs> Wasn't yeah. bad. So The Grinch, I watch The Grinch at least once a year. Do you? Yeah, it's, yeah. I was tossing this up. I think The Grinch is probably my favourite or Christmas Vacation, The Griswolds. If, if anyone has seen that, it's a classic. Um, do you have a favourite? For me, I, look, I think sometimes I put these movies on pedestals as a kid and then I watch them as an adult and they, they definitely fall short. Yeah. But I just love Arnold Schwarzenegger talking about Turbo Man. Uh, so, Jingle All The Way, I think it's called. That's a classic. Yeah. Um, all right, last question, just to get to know the walkers a little bit. Favourite Christmas food? What do you got? Um, roast potatoes. I just love them. Potato is a much melaligned vegetable. I love it. Yeah, Emma loves spuds, and she does a wonderful uh, baked potato and a roast potato. But, yeah, I mean, we love barbecues at Christmas. We just uh, take it easy, whatever we feel leading up to the day and also how the weather's going to be, you know, and who might be coming or where we might be going. But simple, 
barbecue, roast potatoes. No we KFC. don't do turkeys and things like that normally. Sorry, James. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, mine is actually the turducken. If you don't oh, know what that is, you need to Google never it. Never had it. Never. We've had only it. had it once or never. twice, but mm. it's just you know it's egregious to eat all year round, but Christmas time it's okay. I think you got to go with a classic Christmas ham. I think my my nana's mm. Christmas ham is what. What I look forward to for Christmas. Yeah, ham's a classic. Okay, so we're talking about spend less today. And, uh, you know, kind of as I said before, spend less for us isn't really about, you know, how much money can we save during Christmas. Mm. It's more about a a focus reset. And we're talking to you guys about that earlier. And Emma, you were kind of saying that you really love to give gifts and um, you love to spend money on people and and that really brings you a lot of joy. Um, And so how do you guys kind of, like, what does that look like for you? Like, what does spend less really mean to you? Um, if, if, like, without kind of compromising on that thing that you love to do. Yeah, okay. C- can I just say, <laughs> Emma is a very... Th- this was a terrific subject for today, okay? <laughs> uh, I mean, 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, God loves a cheerful, generous giver, and Emma is considerably generous. So, so um, anyway, I'll hand it over to you, love. <laughs> okay, so I do love um, shopping. I do love giving. And when I first heard that today we were talking on spending less, I burst out laughing. And when Rod came home from work, I told him, and he declared it as a word of God for me. (laughs) Spend less. (laughs) But no, I do have a natural cautiousness with spending, but I do love giving. I think to give is a real gift, and I think it should be celebrated, and there's absolutely no condemnation in being a good giver. Where we need to be careful is um, our discipline within that. And I think for me at Christmas, when I think about God giving us his son, like what an amazing gift, I want to emulate that when I give gifts to people. So it's learning about what it means to give and actually um, trying to participate in a small way God's gift to us and how that can be mirrored in our day-to-day lives. Yeah, that's awesome because I'm not really particularly like a gift giver. Like it's not really one of my big like love languages um, per se. So, I mean, the kind of spend less topic for me seems a bit easier. But I do recognise probably a lot of people that, you know, spending like yourself is you, uh, you find great joy in that. That's how you really mm. express that you love somebody and all that kind of thing. So, mm. yeah, it's important to not neglect the fact that that's still important. And I think sometimes it can be easier to actually spend more money and kind of go to find money for a gift than look at other ways to to give, I think, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. If we were Oprah and I said to you all today, underneath your chairs is an iPhone. Everyone gets an iPhone. You That's actually that. really that. easy, isn't it? Like, it's just money. But if I have... $300 and I've got to buy you all a present, I've got to be really intentional with that. And I've got to think about you and I've got to think about how I'm going to deliver that. And to me, that's really important. Yeah, look under your seats, there's a tic-tac. Yeah. <laughs> Some rubbish. Yeah, that's right. So how do you guys balance budgeting and also being generous at Christmas then? Yeah, budgeting's a key thing that we've always done ever since or before we were married and then into our marriage and now well into our marriage we've always lived by budget um you've only got so much money coming in every week or every fortnight and you've got to make it do and as the kids are getting older and bills still are coming in and 
kids want this and that. You know, you've got to you've got to be able to make ends meet. So we go through. Well, we sit down each year and we work out where our costs are going to be, where our expenditure is going to be. Our primary thing is. Um, we, we put our tithes aside every fortnight and, and pay that straight away. But then we work out, you know, how much we can save and we, we put money into certain accounts and certain things so we can plan for that. So it's a really key thing and we're intentional in doing that, you know. I have a um, secret weapon for budgeting and that is Rod. <laughs> Rod is my secret weapon. His favourite word is his favourite word. Hit it. <laughs> Okay, no, no, no. no. It's, it's yours too, did you say? <laughs> he, he is my secret weapon for budgeting. I didn't know you brought that I know me. you didn't. <laughs> but here you go, you can hit it whenever you want. But that was actually one of his Christmas presents one year. Um, I think that... Um, we do have a budget and we stick to it. Um, this caused a little bit of consternation in our early marriage because um, Rod liked to control it. Um, but he's learned that, yes, I love to give gifts, but I will... I will um, in a nice way. In a beautiful way. Mm. I will actually um, never put us into debt to do that. So if and, I've got... And we, do, and we go through the finances together as a couple. Yeah. So we don't just say, this is mine, this is yours. Our finances are God's. And, and they're ours to use them wisely. And that's what we try and do. Yeah, awesome. And so, like, I know for Megan and I, one of the big things that we struggle with over Christmas is um, just the amount of family that we have over Christmas time. Um, so, I mean, you know, Megan's family are all very connected with the whole extended family and everything like that. And, um, you know, so, are, so is my side of the family. And so, inevitably, there's a lot of people that you do Christmas with. And so we kind of have been thinking about ways, and especially as our, now our kids are starting to grow up and they've got a lot of cousins and a heck of a lot more on the way. Um, not currently, just, you know, at some point. And, um, and so we're thinking about creative ways that we might be able to do Christmas with them without having to buy 20 cousins different presents. So I know we kind of spoke about how you have a pretty connected family. You do Christmas with a lot of family members. How does that look for you? Like, what are some tips that you could have on not spending a million dollars on that? Yeah, we buy too many gifts, I think. But, um, but we do do it wisely. And Emma's a great, uh, a great way. So she does things well with saving. Uh, she plans well, together. We plan months ahead. You know, what are we doing for Christmas this year? Who are we buying for? And we start planning, you know, August, September, October, put some money aside for those things. And, yeah, as we said before, you've got to be intentional in doing it. You've got to plan. Otherwise, you suddenly get three weeks out of Christmas and you've got 12 or 15, 20 people you need to buy for or, you, or you'd like to buy for. And it becomes stressful. And Christmas shouldn't be stressful. I mean, what is Christmas? Christmas is about, you know, our Lord Jesus Christ. And we really need to be slowing down and thinking about what Christmas really is, not running around shop to shop, place to place, you know, how can I save money? I need to buy for this person, I need to buy for that person. And you're wasting time and you're wasting money and you're also really not doing what God wants us to be doing. 
I suppose some practical tips too would be um, we buy lots of family gifts. Mm. So especially as a, you know your brothers and sisters' children grow up, it sort of can get really expensive. So to buy a gift for a family, you know, a board game or something fun that they can all do together um, saves a lot of money and also saves a lot of time. Um, I think one of the things that we try to do too, or I try to do, is have a bit of a funny gift. So one year, um, actually Eleanor brought for Amy a suit, a purple suit, she looked like a grape, um, that we you blow up. Yeah. And we had <clears throat> so much fun as a family in that suit. Like everyone that came to Christmas had to put the suit on. And it was so much fun. And I think it was $20, but it was a fabulous, you can think a little bit outside the square for what you give your family. Um, and I think acts of service, could be really big this year. Yeah. So if you don't have the money or, you know, maybe you can actually have them around for dinner or, you know, give them three babysitting sessions or whatever it works for those family, just to think it doesn't have to be a monetary gift that you give people. And I think the key thing there is to be really honest with your family and to say, hey, this is just all getting too much for us. I don't know about you guys, but this is what we've decided to do. We're not giving you all presents or we're doing something a bit different this year or we're putting a limit on it um, to make it a bit fun. Mm. Yeah, that's great. I think um, similar happened to us, like as Judah said, our, our families are quite big and, and they're growing. Um, I know I came from with my family, we used to give each person an individual gift and and as you said it just it becomes too much in the end and so we started the tradition of doing like a secret Santa or a Kris Kringle and so now we do for my family we just do one gift and then for Judah's family we do one gift and then uh, extended and we also do a funny one for with the Thorntons as well um, which is just another practical way that we can kind of cut down all the extra gifts and um, but still participate in in giving and um, yeah being generous yeah and like kind of on that line of like you know thinking outside of the square um, like when Megan and I were first uh, was it when we were first married or dating I don't know no, yeah it was when we were dating when we were dating we, we decided we didn't want to spend like a lot of money on each other over Christmas um, and so we were kind of thinking of creative ways that we could still make Christmas special for each other but uh, do it on a budget. So we actually gave ourselves a $10 budget. And, and I have to say this, hang on. <laughs> we had just started dating and I thought it would be a brilliant idea to, it was a $10 limit as Judah said, but who could give the weirdest gift? Yeah. The, not the worst and not the best. Yeah. Just the, the most out of the box. Strangest, yeah. I think the first thing I got her was a Chinese, like, you know, the recorders you play at school, like a Chinese looking version. I found it like a Vinnie's. And again, yeah. we started dating in November. The family is still getting to know me. Yeah. I think this is brilliant. I'm going to do a self-painting, like a self-portrait of him and give it to him as a present. So... Um, That's pretty good. On yeah, Christmas good. Day, he unwraps it in front of his family, of his own face. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I didn't realise how long paint takes to dry. I did it the night before, thinking, that's plenty of time. And it was still wet. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it was the highlight and the end of my painting career, I think. <laughs> so if you ever need a self-portrait, you know who to call? It's Megan. Uh, but the they're last the things you remember, aren't they? The fun, wacky right, things. Right, right. So, and I mean, the last thing I got her was two little stick bugs, stick insects in a jar, and their names were Lemony Stickets and... Moby Stick. Moby Stick, oh. yeah. <laughs> and they got out 
because he gave it to me in a trash can for some reason, like, so I'm not American, like a bin. And, and then I was having a shower and it came, it was in the shower. It's probably thirsty. Pardon? It's probably thirsty. Yeah. Probably, I, did, I didn't know, are you supposed to feed them? That's they, probably why. They didn't last that long. Yeah. So they're real stick insects. Yeah, yeah for real, yeah, too. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't buy any more because it was $10 limit, so. <laughs> Seriously, then, then we changed. So when we, were, um, when we got married, we decided to uh, give each other... We, well, first thing on Christmas morning, we wake up and we'll actually try to book a holiday or be intentional of what we're going to do that year. Um, it doesn't have to be expensive. It literally can be like, let's go away camping or let's go away for a night. But quality time like, um, and trying to invest into that, that's our present to each other. Mm. Yeah, because yeah. Like, for us, it's been really important. We don't just, we don't just want to throw money at you know, each other for Christmas, just for the sake of, you know, I spent uh, a certain amount of dollars or whatever um, on each other. Uh, how do you, I mean, maybe, Emma, this is a good question for you, but Rod as well, because um, I know you're really passionate about giving, giving on a budget. How do you make sure that um, you're not just spending money on somebody, mm. um, but rather you're actually conveying what that gift's meant to convey? Yeah, it's a, it's a really tricky one. Um, I think th this is going to sound really weird, but when I give a gift, I am thinking of the other person, I promise. I am thinking of the other person. But 99% it's, it's of the time, it's a gift that I, I want to give them. Does that make sense? So it's... Because Rod will sometimes say to me, nah, they won't want that, like his favourite word. No, they won't want that. And I'm like, hmm, I actually think that they will use this or like this or I think it will be good for them, whatever it is. Well, you put good th a lot of thought into it. That's, I do. Yeah. So I think that um, spending less makes you be more intentional. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So you've got to think about it. Yeah. And you kind of touched on it before with how you said you can give acts of service. Do mm. you have any other tips of, I guess, how we can give gifts without spending too much. Is there any other ideas that you have? I just cooked some fruitcakes for family members only last weekend. I've never cooked a fruitcake before. <laughs> I don't mind cooking, but it's one of these ones where you soak all the fruit in um, brandy or something like that for at least 24 hours and it cooks out and all that. But yeah, it took ages to go and buy. It cost a bit of money to buy all this, run around all the different shops. But anyway, it was a great recipe. It took a few hours to soak it off, 24 hours to soak, uh, half a day to cook it all and then getting everything right, wrapping it all up in, in you know, cloth and whatever and now waiting for that to mature and, um, and go to work like the, the fruit will in the next uh, month or so. So I did that to give to my parents. Who, my mum, who's quite elderly now, often made fruitcakes for 40, 50 years, and so I'm going to give them a fruitcake back and say, cop that, <laughs> you know. <laughs> See if that's as good as mum's. Yeah. So that was um, something we, well, I enjoyed doing, yeah. Yeah, awesome. So thinking generationally, because, of course, our church is all about generations, uh, how do you set, set this up in your kids, this kind of generous heart, but at the same time, um, being wise with your finance? I think... Um, well, you're naturally very generous. And I was going to say, you're naturally wise. Oh, so we're well, generous, generous and wise, so we shouldn't split. <laughs> um, not that we were going to. Um, 
No! <laughs> okay, so generationally, I think that, so as a giver and a person, I want my children to be able to give. They're all, they are actually givers. And as you said before, Gina, it's sometimes not innate in people. It has to be mm. learnt and taught. So at, from a very young age when my kids were little, I would give them a few dollars each um, and they would have to buy a present for their brother and their sister and eventually for their mum and dad. Um, we both know people at the moment who the mums, particularly in the family of um, adult children, don't actually get any gifts. And I sort of think that's just really sad because mm. it shows to me that there hasn't been that generational, this is what we do. It can look a thousand different ways, but we need to be a giver. So I want my children to be able to um, not just follow what I do, but that, it's, it's, that they have to do because it transfers then to the rest of the year. It's not just at Christmas that they're a giver or we're a giver, it's throughout the year. Yep. What was the other part of the question? Sorry. Oh, and just how you kind of encourage them to be wise with their money as well. Yeah, yeah we, we um, they're all just started to work part-time. Uh, Ellie's just going into a full-time course as a midwife now. Um, so we've certainly encouraged them to learn about budgeting and to put money aside for tithing and for uh, spending a percentage on them, a percentage to God and a percentage for savings, you know, and, and to get into the market, whether they be buying a house, you know, look at um, buying appreciating assets, not depreciating assets, and, and just be wise, you know. The world is out there, credit is so available, it's the most readily available thing these days ever. And don't live in a world where you know, where you should be, where, you, where the world wants you to be selfish and say, I need this now. You don't need this now, you know. Just be smart, be wise, but focus your life on God because when you turn your eyes to him, the things of earth become strangely dim. That's really good. I knew you'd have a good answer to that. I love talking about finance with you. One of my favourite things to do when I go over to Rod and Emma's house service is to talk about latest stocks he's looking at and all that kind of thing. Uh, you know, we, we've only got a few more minutes, so we'll maybe have one or two more questions. Um, you know, I said at the beginning of this, spend less. It's not really about uh, trying to decide, you know, where you can save money, but it's more about a focus shift. So what would you say your focus of Christmas would be, if not on money or, or what gifts you can give? Well, <clears throat> the focus obviously is on Jesus. I mean, Jesus was born, he was given three gifts. You know, and the wise men came. So, I mean, is that a bit of a guide to our, the way we do things? You should only give three gifts. But anyway, um, I think... I like well, it. Great theology. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, at the end of the day, uh, you've got to focus on what God wants us to do in our lives. And it's really serving him. Serving in. I mean, we're just studying as leaders in the church, um, the healthy, the emotional healthy leader. And we were going through last week on the Sabbath and the meaning of the Sabbath day and what that means in our lives. And what I took out of that chapter of the book is that spending that one day a week, the Sabbath, um, we should be just stopping everything and focusing on him and turning our eyes to him in worship and in study of his word. And by doing that, it helps us then to realign our thought process our lives for the next week. And it also, when we come to Christmas, 
it really needs us to realign our lives with God and with Jesus Christ and what, and what he came to earth to do. That's, that's so good. And my last question was just about how you want to go with that, but I think you've really, you've really kind of wrapped that up, is that we just we put our focus on him. Mm. Did you want to day about him? Uh, no, I suppose I would just really quickly talk about the fact of debt, like we touched on it before, where you in your opening talked about it. The shocking statistics. And um, if you were to ask the people that you are thinking about going into debt for for Christmas... Um, would you like me to go into debt for you to buy your present? Like, ni- like 99, 100% of them would say no. Yeah. I don't want you to go into debt. If someone was to say yes, well, they shouldn't get any presents anyway. They're just, you know. You can get a lump of coal. That's right. So they, I, I think that's really, you need to practice the no um, button in that regard because um, discipline brings freedom. Mm. So if you can be a little bit disciplined in your budget, if that is a particular, um, you know, struggle for you or the way your family's always done it, um, then I don't know, maybe this is the year to do something a little bit different. Yeah. Anything else to add? No. no, that's it. Great. Well, why don't you give Ron and Emma a hand? Haven't they been great? <laughs> Thanks, guys. It's been fun picking your brains about it. And uh, everybody at home, thank you for tuning in. I hope that you've had a great time with us as we were able to discuss spending less. Uh, I just want to leave everybody with this thought this morning and those of you at home as well. Uh, This thought uh, is basically, rather than thinking, where can I save money this year? Or what can I cut down on this year? I want you to think about where does my focus sit this year at Christmas? Because I think when you get your focus right, then that is when all those things will kind of sort themselves out. And when you focus on the right things during Christmas, it's not going to stress you out about all the other things. Well, House Services, we're going to leave you to it. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we hope that you have a great Sunday and we look forward to seeing you all very soon.